Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 226 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Liz Bocamp. Liz lives in Sunnyvale, Texas, and she is a speech and language pathologist. Nice to see you, Liz. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to finally see your face. (laughs) Oh, I know. Because when's the first time? The first time I I knew who you were is when you wrote into the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. When was that the first time? Yeah, that would have been. Okay, so I actually started intermittent fasting on Facebook. February, like I have the date in my head. It's February 24th. That's whenever I started clean fasting. Of 21? 21, yeah. 
And so I think it was like two and a half weeks after was the first time that I like all the questions started. Yeah. And then I'm like, there she is again. There she is again. And then since we had just answered them, Melanie's like, let's answer the next one. So anyway, that's how I was like, I know who she is. So I was excited to get to talk to you today. So backtracking a little bit, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Actually, like I've always loved to work out. That is what usually worked in my 20s and 30s whenever I gained a little bit of weight. And I've never had to lose a whole bunch of weight, but um, like five pounds, 10 pounds here and there. And then COVID happened. And so (laughs) I was still working out like I still was. I love running. And so I was running a lot, but it just wasn't helping with anything. And then we got sent. So I am a speech and language pathologist in the public schools. And we got sent home during like after spring break. Um, Actually, we never went back after spring break. And so we were just at home working. And uh, at the time I was treating students. And so I was in front of a computer for gosh, I would say like 12 hours a day. And so very sedentary. And during that time period, of course, it was so stressful. It was stressful for everyone. Like I think just the stress and not moving around as much, not having the motivation to get up and run, not having the motivation to to work out really, it just started piling on. So I had gained in uh, that time probably about 15 pounds. And I'm a small. I know that doesn't sound like a lot to, to some, but I'm 4'10". Every inch that you're shorter, the pounds really do count more, don't they? But prior to all of that weight gain, I'm like my... I, th- I would say my set point is probably about 115 since I had children. So that's where you feel comfortable, where you like to be, or just where your body likes to hang out? That's like where my body likes to hang out. I'd say where I like to, well, and I'm, I'm fine with that as well. But after losing all the weight from intermittent fasting, I had gotten to 113. And so that's like where I like to be. I like to be at 113. Uh, in high school and college, I was as low as like 105. I, I don't think I'll ever be there again, but but for a good reason. Like now I'm really working out strength training a lot. And so I, I've got a whole bunch of muscle. And then you add intermittent fasting and the body recomposition with that. Like, I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I would look, even look healthy at 105 anymore. So, and you know, it, it does, really does depend on your body composition, but for somebody like me, 5'5", five, five, I'm like, what, seven inches taller than you? 105 sounds like, well, that's what I weighed when I was like, you know, 14 years old. I don't know. 12? I'm not sure. But that would be probably low for you now with your muscle. But even 115 and 113 sounds really tiny. But again, 410, it makes a lot of difference. So I totally get about how, how it was so stressful with, with COVID, especially. I mean, I was I was going to say especially for teachers, but I mean, medical professionals, teachers, Every person who's alive, honestly, had a story of why it was stressful because, I mean, working parents, suddenly the kids were home. And so it really was just a a challenge for everybody. But I, of course, definitely think about all of y'all that were at the schools and and how hard that was because, of course, that's my background as well. And you know, face-to-face makes such a difference. It really does. And especially it being in speech-language pathology, having to see a student's mouth, like being right in front of the student, that's the way that you treat. And it's really hard to be able to see clearly what they're saying over the computer. An S doesn't always sound like an S over the computer microphone. So it's, it's yeah, it's just... 
it was all tough. And, and then just having to learn, um, we weren't using Zoom prior to then. And so just getting used to all the different platforms. And at the time, we were trying all kinds of different platforms. We were trying Zoom. We were trying Google Meets. We were trying Microsoft Teams. And so from our side of it, that was already difficult. But then trying to teach parents how to do that, trying to teach students how to do that, it was just so tough. You're really like at the whim of whether they even have internet or whether it's good enough for a video to come through. There was a time when our when our um, school district was actually providing internet hotspots and um, computers as fast as they could. But, but again, yeah, there were a lot of kids that we just had to put on consultative basis for a long time until we could get all of their equipment to them. And then it wasn't always stable. So it was just a really, really tough time. You were up. You had gained about 15 pounds. And what, what did you do at that point? So at that point, oh, I should mention as well that at the time I was 45. And so I had chalked a lot of the weight gain and um, I had brain fog. I was tired all the time. And so I didn't know whether it was the stress from COVID. I didn't know if it was perimenopausal weight gain and stress and all of that. So lots of confounding factors. But I'll, all I knew is that I just didn't feel well. I was having a really hard time focusing throughout the day. I would get up in the morning and I would just be tired from, it would take me like a, a couple of hours to just get my energy up. And so I knew that I had to do something. And the first thing that I thought of was like, I've got to lose weight. Like that's going to be the starting point. And because I've never been this heavy before, I had gotten up to 130 and I had never been that heavy. Even whenever I was pregnant, I hadn't gotten that, that heavy. So See, I remember when I had Cal, when I was pregnant with him, I weighed 123 the day that I announced to people that I was pregnant, but that was little for me at 5'5". Five, five. So I got up, I gained, I think I got up to 163 with that pregnancy, but. Yeah, I was like almost to, I was, I think the heaviest I ever got with both of my pregnancies was 127. With my first, who is, he's 10 now, he'll actually be 11 in July. I was training for a marathon, so it's kind of funny, like I was training while you're pregnant, but it was like a two-year program. So um, I just knew before I turned 40, I wanted to run my first full marathon. So I hadn't run a, a marathon by that point. And so I was pregnant with him at 34 and I, I had him at 35, but I was training during that whole time. So like I was running like 20 miles at five months, six months pregnant. And so I just never put on any weight. And uh, well, I, I put on the weight that I needed to, to like basically just healthy, healthy baby, healthy baby. Yeah. And then with my daughter, it was kind of the same. I think my body, I like, that's the best I ever felt was, was whenever I was pregnant with both of my children. Don't be too jealous because the, the births were terrible. Both of them were really hard. I had hard births too. One of them, the epidural didn't take. Well, it took like in some places, but not in the hot zone or whatever. I don't know felt all that yet. We had forceps and a vacuum. Those were my babies. I vacuumed Will right on out of there. Well, they were still bad because I, I, so I was trying to have natural, like unmedicated births. So I know all about the pain, but with my son, I didn't quite go to plan. And so um, I was trying to, to have him naturally in a birth center and I was 48 hours and nothing was really changing and progressing. And so I had to transfer to the hospital, ended up in a C-section. But that was even after all of the medical interventions. Like we tried everything and, and another day passed by and we were just like, okay, we're going to throw in the towel now. That's worse than mine. I apparently have a bony pelvis. They only go so far and then they never progress. They got me out without a C-section. I thought for sure I was going to end up there, but... 
they managed. I was totally not expecting a C-section and that happened. But then I was able to have a VBAC uh, with my daughter. So I was really excited about that. But her, her, still, her labor was... 36 hours. So not quite as long as his, but still a long labor. And with me, I think what the issue was, was that I just had a really tight pelvic floor. And I think that was just because of all of the the running and, but everything worked out in the end. <laughs> but yeah, so all of that, just to say that my pregnancies, I felt that's, that's whenever I felt the best. And I always joke, but there's probably a lot of truth to this is that with my son, I had an aversion to bread And so I was basically like pretty much gluten-free. And then my husband and I love beer. And so I wasn't able to drink beer during either of the pregnancies. And so I was like, okay, see, there you go. Just getting rid of gluten and and alcohol and you feel the best that you ever do. That's so funny. But you didn't get, did you give up gluten and bread with your daughter? Not with my daughter. No, I did not. So yeah, but of course you give up alcohol and, and so yeah, and my body just doesn't put on a lot of fat whenever I'm pregnant. Uh, just living a, just being conscious of what you're eating all of the time, just living a healthy lifestyle while you're pregnant. You kind of, I wish I could go back, do that a little bit differently. Pregnancy number two, I would do better, but I was taking my prenatal vitamins. I thought I had it covered wrong. Oh man. Yeah. After reading cleanish, ooh, so scared. I don't know. I did some, I felt you know, I'm a smart person. How did I not really get it? But I didn't get it. So now I do. Well, and I don't think you did. You probably didn't know as much as you. Well, I surely didn't. But I, I go back and think like to what we were taught in school. And we really were taught food is made of vitamins and minerals. You need to eat fruits and vegetables so you get your vitamins and minerals. Or you could take this pill is what my I don't know if the teacher said that, but that's what my brain said. Oh, I need vitamins and minerals. I'll just take this pill instead. And that is all the vitamins and minerals because it says 100% of your RDA, right? I didn't know the difference between vitamins in a pill and all the phytochemicals in the food. So I guess they just did a really good job selling all of that to us. So we were talking about when you found intermittent fasting. So you were about 130 pounds. You knew that you didn't feel good in your body. You were sluggish. You were not sleeping. So what what did you start doing at that point? So at that point, I started searching the internet for, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much like quick ways to lose weight. And intermittent fasting was all the rage. I remember in 2019, I had a principal who had um, started intermittent fasting and she was just completely miserable while she was doing it. And I, but, but, you know, she was um, drinking like the Mountain Dews, yeah, having all of the sugary drinks. And so had just had a really hard time making it to her eating window. And so, so I remember sitting, this was like before an IEP meeting, I remember just sitting there saying, I could never do that ever, ever, ever. That's That looks so hard and so miserable. I love food and I, I just can't imagine doing that. And so whenever that kept popping up in my like internet searches, um, once you search, the algorithms start. So Dave Asprey's book, Fast This Way, came across my Kindle feed. And actually, there's another book that I don't mention very often. And I won't even say it here because it was basically like just dirty fasting. It was all about dirty fasting, how you can get away with that. And so that's what I started with. I did that for about two days and then uh, was uh, 
reading, I read day. So I don't even count that. That was like before February 24th, which is what I say is my clean fasting start date. So I did that for a couple of days and then read and I read really quickly. And so I'd read that book in a couple of days and then got Dave Asprey's book through my Kindle feed and read that in like a day. And then a year, here comes fast feast repeat on my Kindle feed. And I, and I was just like, oh, that looks, that looks interesting. I'll, I'll look into this. And yeah, within like the first couple of chapters, I was, I was just like mesmerized and I love data and I love reading and I love research. And and so I just dove right into that book. And then from that, I found the podcast with you and Melanie intermittent fasting podcast. And then like the rest is history from there. And, and I'm one that I'm the rip off the bandaid type. I'm not surprised. When you started clean fasting, it was only, it was only a couple days in by the time you read it in fast feast repeat. How did that change the experience for you? I guess for the first couple of days, I was doing the bulletproof coffee, the the butter coffee and MCT oil. Because you started with fast this way. And he has a part in there that I think he's talking about me. Because when Melanie and I were reading it before it was out, Melanie said, I think he's talking about you. About like the clean fast. He didn't say, I don't think he uses the words the clean fast, but he's like something about the purists and like they make it no fun. That's me. I will gladly. I would like to issue Dave Asprey, the clean fast challenge. I think he's awesome. I love Dave Asprey, so don't get me wrong. I really do think he's great. And um, But I really bet if he tried it for like a month, he would stick with it. He would feel better because he's using the whatever he puts in there is butter still. I'm not really sure, but... I just really bet he'd feel the difference anyway. Yeah. And I think he just kind of uses that as like a Band-Aid with um, his followers that if they don't think that they can make it through a clean fast. But yeah, I think if they would all just try it, it yeah, it really does change the experience. So and I loved like I had drank bulletproof coffee. This is probably another reason why Dave Asprey was popping up in, in my intermittent fasting algorithms because he had just written that book. But also I followed him for a long time and I've always loved bulletproof coffee even before fasting. So I just like the way it tastes. It's so It's a total hot milkshake with the Did you put the coconut? Like I liked it better with coconut oil instead of MCT. So see, I'm a purist in every way. So I wanted to do it with with as much bang as I could get like whatever like his special MCT oil, I bet, right? I liked the coconut flavor. So now I did it with MCT oil and I couldn't do it with ghee. I tried it with ghee and I just don't like the way ghee tastes. So I did it with Kerrygold butter. And I mean, I, I say did it. I still drink Bulletproof coffee in my eating window. I love the way it tastes. So, And I didn't have really any issues with um, getting hungry from having it, but I just felt, just felt better. Like I whenever I didn't, with the clean fast, yeah, whenever I didn't have that, the extras, the extra fat in it. So I just, I just felt better. And so the first couple of days with Bulletproof Coffee, I had done that for, I was doing 16-8. And then once I switched to the clean fast, I found that I could go up to 22 hours and it was just a breeze. And, and it's so funny, like thinking back to that conversation with my principal and saying, I could never do this. This is just, you look miserable. And I know that I would be miserable. I know I would be hungry. I was, it was kind of, I laughed at myself after like getting through a 20 hour fast. I couldn't believe it really how easy it was. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. It really, really is so easy. And, you know, today we're recording. It's here. It's 4.30. I haven't eaten yet. We have a house showing. Hopefully by the time this comes out, that's all a memory. But house showing's at 5.30 p.m. I'm not going to eat till after that. Just be, And I don't normally wait this late to eat. But it's, like, not a big deal. It's so easy. And that's what's been so wonderful about it is that, like I said, I've never had a lot of weight to lose. So I've never used a diet, never, ever used diet to lose weight. I have always used exercise. And that worked up until it didn't. And so when I knew that I had to find a way, I cannot restrict myself from like anything. Like, it's so funny to me that time restricted eating is different in my brain than like, calorie restriction or having to count macros. I just can't do that. Like anyone who hasn't done it, it might seem weird, but it it makes perfect sense to me because I've done all the diets and this is so much easier. I would never even attempt to do any kind of Weight Watchers or anything because it would drive me insane to have to count anything. Right. I want to eat what I want. And I'm not a terrible eater anyway. I was during the COVID period. I really was. Like I was living off of, I always joke, and that's kind of true, but sour gummy bears and Cheez-Its. Like that's what I was living off of. I'd sit here at this desk right here. Right? Yeah, that dopamine. Please. So anything that'll make you happy. But yeah, that's what I, I like. I lived off of sour gummy bears and Cheez-Its. And so at that time, I was not eating well. But but generally, I've always eaten pretty much whole foods and snacking here and there. Like my vice is, is beer. I do love beer. My husband and I are actually in a beer club. And so it's it's just that. And then, of course, with COVID happening, I, I also love red wine. And so all of that just went up. So it just compounded and turned into a 15 pound weight gain. And so, yeah, it was rough and I I felt terrible. How did it go when you started the intermittent fasting and you felt so good? What happened with the weight loss? How'd that go? Oh my gosh, it was fast. Like it was really, really fast. So like within the first two and a half weeks, I dropped eight pounds 
And well, and I'm assuming that that was probably a lot of inflammation and just a lot of water weight from all the terrible foods that I was eating. And then, and I hadn't even really started working out again. Um, I didn't start really working out again until May. So that first eight pounds really was just from intermittent fasting. And uh, so that was shocking to me. Two weeks that, whoa, what does that come out to? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not eight pounds of fat <laughs> for anybody who's listening and they're like, why didn't that happen for me? Our bodies do not gain or lose fat that quickly because people will freak out. They'll be like, I gained four pounds. I'm like, no, you didn't. Since yesterday, you didn't. (laughs) But you also, when they're like, I lost four pounds since yesterday, I'm like, you didn't really, but okay. I mean, (laughs) because fat doesn't move that quickly. You know, fat moves very, very slowly. And you know how the scale, like we always talk about weight loss not being linear? Fat loss probably, if you could just drill down to the fat loss only, it probably would look more linear. But the reason weight loss doesn't look linear is all the other stuff that's going on that's making our weight go up and down and up and down. The fluid, the food in our system, all of that. that that's what makes the, the ups and downs. It would be nice if we could just only weigh the fat and see that going down, down, down. And those scales that work at home are not that good <laughs> to do that. We think they're doing that, but they're not that great. But all right, so you lost those first eight pounds, and, and then what? So after those first eight pounds, it was just kind of like a steady, like a point, I'd lose like a point two or whatever. But but again, also, now I track my cycle, and so I know how much that affects uh, fluctuations, like different weeks, I'm heavier. And I wasn't weighing every day. So yeah, I just like slowly, slowly, slowly started to lose like a couple, like point two pounds here, point two four pounds here, but it never went up, like it just kept going down. And then I started working out in this, the current workout group that I'm working with um, right now on May 3rd, there was a challenge that came across my algorithm. My, my, I think it was either, I think it was Instagram, my Instagram feed and it looked fun. And it was like promised, you know, and not prom, it didn't promise weight loss. It just promised like better health in 30 minutes a day. And it was like a, it was a five day a week program, which I've never done. I was always like a workout every other day, but this was a challenge. And so I was really, I'm kind of competitive. And so I was really excited, not with other people. I'm competitive with myself. So if I commit myself to something, I'm going to do it. And so I said, okay, this is the other half. Like I said, I needed to lose the weight. And so I wanted to find a good uh, nutrition program, intermittent fasting, filled that. And then next I needed a, a workout program. And I love working out. It's called Hitburn. So it's a really small company that's uh, run by a husband and wife. I don't, just everything about their community, once I joined the community, and of course, you know, I, I'm part of the Delay Don't Deny community. And so community has been everything with intermittent fasting. And so I had never had a community with working out. Like it was always just working out by myself, whether it be in the gym or at home. We have an at-home gym now. And during COVID, I was like, testing out a whole bunch of different programs. So I was trying like Beachbody, I was trying Fit On, and then I found this, again, the algorithms knew I was looking for a program and set put this one in my feed. And um, it looked fun, it was, it was affordable. And um, you didn't have to pay like a monthly fee. You just bought the the challenge. There is an option. They have an app. The couple has an app. And so you can pay monthly if you want to. But the way that they set up their challenges is they do them like every three months. So 
every quarter. So this challenge just looked like a lot of fun to me. And it was um, HIIT training. It, so their name is kind of a misnomer. They're called HIIT burn, but it's really, I think it's more strength training. It's not really traditional HIIT. So you're not... High intensity interval training. For anybody who's wondering what we keep saying HIIT, H-I-I-T, high intensity interval training, but it's not really that specifically. Whenever I think of HIIT training, I think of it as uh, just very high intensity for like short periods of time and then you rest. And, and really, I think this is more of a strength training app. And so, which I love, I love. So my two loves are I love strength training and I love running. And this is just 30 minutes, 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes a day. And so that wasn't too big of a commitment for me. And so, and where normally the programs I had tried or anything that I had done on myself, I'd be in the gym for an hour. Whenever I saw this, like, okay, I'm going to commit to this. It's a four week challenge. I've got intermittent fasting down now. I'm going to add this. And oh my goodness, Jen, it was, it catapulted like everything, like muscle gaining, weight loss. Like whenever I share my before and after pictures and it's just 15 and a half weeks, I just look like a completely different body. Body recomposition, see? And that's the intermittent, you know, fast and clean. Your body can really tap into those fat stores. Anybody who's read Fast, Feast, Repeat understands that. And you really are burning that fat during the clean fast. And then you're building the muscle and you've got higher levels of human growth hormone, all that working together. So you saw it in action. I was shocked because like I said, I've worked out pretty much my whole life and it wasn't. But I had never seen gains like that ever. So I was just shocked. So fasting didn't burn all your muscle. The fasting didn't eat up your muscle and leave. No, um, we're laughing because woo, it's all eaten up. Because, you know, that's what critics say. They're like, well, you're going to your body's going to eat up all your muscle when you're fasting. No, that's not how it worked for you at all. So good. I love when the theory shows up in real life and it you know, the application is what we were expecting. So I, I bet they were all amazed. You said they had a community. So y'all, I guess you were all sharing your progress. So whenever it's so funny to look back at that first challenge, because in the beginning, yeah, every day we would post what we call accountability posts every, every day in a challenge, everybody posts. And so it's not like you're expected to do that, but people like to do that just to, to, so we can all check in with each other and be accountability partners. Well, whenever I look at the very first few pictures, like it was always just of my face and like, I was just really shy. And then as Time went on and like I in about like week three of the challenge, I just couldn't believe what I looked like. And I and I said to myself, you know what? I shared with everybody what I looked like before. I'm so glad that I took before pictures because I would have never done that had I not read Fast Feast Repeat. I would have never taken pictures just because I don't like, I don't even like taking, I hate taking selfies. I don't like looking at myself. But I get it because we also were like, we don't want to see it. We're like, I don't want to see what I look like. I'm not happy in my body. I don't want to have it. But you really are going to want to have those photos. I'm so glad that I took those photos. So I didn't take them at the very beginning. I took them, it was on March 9th. I took pictures. And then by like the third week of the program, so that would have been, uh, it was like middle of May. I just couldn't believe what I looked like. It was, it was just crazy. I like, I was like, oh my gosh, my abs are insane. Like I have a six pack now and I might have to do some hit burn. I don't know. I didn't want to keep it to myself anymore. I wanted to share at that time. I was telling everybody about fast feast repeat, but I hadn't shared my actual 
progress, like my before and after. I was talking about it all the time just because I was so like excited about the science and, and just what was happening, but I hadn't shown anybody yet. And so like the day that I showed everybody my before and afters, they were like, oh my goodness. So the people that knew me or that know me were, they didn't even know that I'd gained all that much weight because they were just like, you hide it, you hit it really well. But looking at your body now, like it's, it's insane, the difference between and it was just 15 and a half weeks. And that's as long as it took for me to get into maintenance. And I've been there ever since. It's crazy. No, but you know, you can't judge your progress against somebody else's. Also, it's really, really, we're learning more and more. The longer your body has struggled with excess weight and being overweight, the harder it is to get back or get to where you want to be. It's like, I think I've used this analogy before. I don't know if you've heard me say it. It's like you're going into the forest, right? You come to the edge of the forest. You walk into the forest. The farther you walk into the forest, then you turn around to come back out. It's going to take you longer to get back out if you went a long way into the forest. You were just on the edge of the forest. You know, you had not ever struggled with your weight more than five or 10 pounds ever. And so you finally had taken that path in the forest during COVID, but then your body just snapped right back because it hadn't been that long. And I really think that the longer that we have insulin resistance or obesity or any of those issues, the harder it's going to be. And so anybody who's listening, don't feel bad that it might be taking you longer than it took Liz, but we can still be amazed at that fast progress because that shows what's possible. I think what the the biggest difference maker between this and anything else, like as far as like workout programs and nutrition is before, I never really paid had to pay attention to nutrition. And now that I'm older and I just do, if I want to stay in a healthy weight, if I want to feel good, I have to pay attention to nutrition now. And intermittent fasting has been so easy that I've been able to stick with it for over a year. And I can't do like saying that right now is just shocking to me that it's been over a year that I've been doing this. So it's just amazing. And no stress. It just, it's what you do. It's not a diet. No, it's not. It's it's not a diet. It's it's when, you know, diet is what, intermittent fasting is when, but that whole nutrition piece, you know, we're ready when we're ready. It took I wasn't ready when I started intermittent fasting to clean up my diet. I did not have a very good diet. You said you'd always had a good diet. You tried to eat healthy until the cheese Cheez-Its and gummy bears came into your life through that stressful time, but yeah, I didn't have a healthy diet. And but eventually I wanted to have a have a healthy diet and the more I started to research about food and it was being on the intermittent fasting podcast that really started leading me down those paths and having the Facebook groups when everyone's arguing about food. I mean, I'd read a million diet books in my life. I had read a million diet theories, but they all contradicted each other. And they were all so confusing. So that's why I was just like, forget about it. But eventually you do start to care about nutrients. And that's been one of the biggest eye openers too for me is um, just making sure that I can get enough calories in during my eating window. And so whenever I, like I said, whenever I first started for the first 28 days, once I started to do that, I was doing 24 and then 22 sometimes because like I said, I'm the rip off the bandaid type of girl. And so I knew for the first 28 days, I'm, I'm just going to do this to get rid of all of my glycogen stores. And then once I know that I'm metabolically flexible, I think even whenever I was um, sending in the questions into the IF podcast, I was like asking about ketones and all, all kinds of things like that. Um, 
I was trying to remember what your first question was. Do you remember what it was? It was about ketones and stuff. It was about insulin and I had it all wrong. Like it, I had insulin and uh, blood glucose like backwards. And and people do all the time. They're like, people will say things like, now I know you said that, you know, diet soda causes your insulin to go up, but I measured my insulin and it wasn't up. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, you can't measure your insulin at home. So I think you're probably talking about your blood glucose. So I didn't know about coffee um, causing your liver to dump yeah, the glycogen. Yeah. And so like one day I decided I'm going to do this experiment to where I, so I had a blood, I bought glucometer, a blood print glucometer. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to test it ever so often after this. I'm going to see if I have an insulin response to coffee. And then whenever it shot up 10 points, I was just like, wait a minute. And so that's whenever I sent them uh, the question into you and Melanie was, why is my blood glucose going up? Am I having an insulin response? I hope not because I don't want to have to give up coffee. And then. And it's the opposite, right? Because you're, you're, you have the coffee, your liver dumps out some glycogen in response to that. And that's what makes your blood sugar go up because coffee has no blood sugar. I mean, has no sugar in it, has no glucose in it. So it has to be coming from within your own body. And insulin lowers blood glucose. So it's not the coffee directly making your pancreas, you know, release the insulin. However, I will say that indirectly, there could be some insulin response because you're having, if your glucose goes up, your body releases some insulin to deal with it. But again, it's not something to get all freaked out about because we're trying to lower our liver glycogen. That's what we want. So yeah, there might be a little bit of higher insulin along the way, but it's not like a it's not a, a bad thing because it's it's doing something we want it to do anyway. Yeah. Well, and later I found out it was, um, I can't even remember why I had my fasted insulin tested. It was like in 2019. Oh, I, I had started working with the functional integrative OBGYN in 2019 just to help with hormonal imbalances. I've always been historically low in uh, progesterone. And so I had a hard time. I, I had a few miscarriages prior to getting pregnant with my daughter in 2016. And then I was just having a lot of um, issues with sleep from like after having her. And so I knew that I was historically low in progesterone. So I started um, seeking out help. And my just all the conventional OBGYNs that I went to kind of didn't know all that much about hormones. And so I started uh, going into I know it was it was nuts, but one that I had been seeing for a long time like told me that progesterone went up as we got older and I couldn't believe that she said that and and I even I knew that it it goes down like a, it starts at, right it's the opposite and it's it's why I had a hard time conceiving once I was supplemented with progesterone I got pregnant right away and so and I know I know that there are a whole host of reasons why people have fertility issues but but that was mine and so just being able to find somebody that was well versed in in hormones and, and female hormones, I had to go outside of conventional medicine. And so I remember having my, uh, this whole panel, I had the Dutch test done, and then I had this blood panel done. And my, ins my I didn't realize it until I became an intermittent faster, how important insulin was. And even back then in 2019, I had like, it, it was at 2.8. And then whenever I started listening to you and um, Melanie and had been intermittent fasting for a while, I got it retested on my own. And um, it had gone down to 1.6. And so that is probably why you never had too much trouble with your weight. And again, that's Chad. When Chad had his tested, it was lower than mine. And I really think, you know, we, 
talked about this before on this podcast. You think about the bell curve, the normal distribution. There are people like you and like Chad who just release less insulin. And then that keeps you from having so much trouble with your weight because insulin is a storage hormone. So all of us that have struggled, we're probably just extra good insulin releasers. Our bodies are great at insulin. And so we're good storers. And and so then we feel so guilty because we're struggling with our weight, but it's just because our bodies are so good at that. We're on that upper end of the bell curve with our insulin response, you know. And so for us, the clean fast is even more <laughs> important, right? I think anybody who's ever struggled with their weight, it's even more essential that you fast clean. So yeah, so I am very lucky in that aspect. My mother is the same. She's 76 years old now. And and I had asked her to get her fasted insulin. Uh, she and my father, who is 87, they see their doctor every three months. And I said, okay, get your fasted insulin tested because I just want to know what it is. And and mom was like 4.7 or something. So, so I'm like a great genes. Yeah. <laughs> Anything below five is really, really good. So yeah, you got those, got those low insulin producing genes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm lucky in, in that aspect. I'm fortunate. But what intermittent fasting has done for me is just given me a way to really stick to a nutrition plan without really having to think about it. And so now I've got both pieces. I still have my love for running and for strength training, but now adding intermittent fasting on top of that, I just feel better than I ever have. Like even in my 20s, like I feel I feel better than I did in my 20s. And so it's it's yeah, it's just been I feel like I'm I feel like I'm aging backwards now. <laughs> That's me. I really feel like that. Like I have more energy. Like you talked about earlier how prior to intermittent fasting, you were sluggish. You had a hard time waking up in the morning. You didn't have the energy. I just jump out of bed and go about my day. (laughs) I can do anything I want to do. And it's amazing. So describe your eating style. Do you eat you know, all the things when it comes to whole foods? I know you said you focus, you prioritize whole foods. Yeah, I pretty much eat everything except for pork. That's the only thing. And it's so funny because I have an aversion to pork, and but I never knew why. I just always thought like I just didn't like the way I don't like whenever bacon's cooking. I just don't like the way it smells. And and I just never knew why. And I had, uh, I think it was Gino Palette. It's a genetic testing and found out that I actually have an intolerance to pork, which is so funny because I'm the only one in my family that doesn't like pork. And so, and I'm the only one that ever said, I know I don't want to eat bacon and I don't want to eat pork chops and I I, I don't want to eat everything that you guys are eating. And that's why. And so, so yeah, other than pork, I like, I'll eat everything. I eat everything. Like, I know you don't like fish. I love fish. My body actually. I wish I liked fish. I feel best like with seafood is how, and I'm Asian. So my um, family is Filipino and like white rice. My body loves white rice. Mine does too. My body loves white rice. It doesn't like pasta as much. I can do rice. I can do potatoes and I'm just fine. But for whatever reason, pasta, I can tell. I don't, you know, I I have more of like a a blood sugar response to pasta, which of course, if you're just looking at the, the, whatever the glycemic index, people would say, that sounds crazy because they have the same. No, it's personalized response. It's amazingly different. I can tolerate pretty much everything. And I, and I do, I love food. So I eat everything within my window. And now what does your window look like? Is it 24? still? It's actually changed a lot since um, I've, like I said, whenever I started working out, it was five days a week. 
And so I realized I needed a lot more fuel. So, and then now I've recently gotten into cycle syncing. And so I, I do a lot of pretty much everything, my working out and my intermittent fasting according to my cycle. Of course, I've just now started, I started having wonky cycles. I, I turned um, 46 in December and it was like the day I turned 46. I have tracked my cycles since before trying to get pregnant with my son. So like I've been tracking my cycle since like I was 34. And so I have all of this data. I have got an app that shows all of my cycles from 2012 on. I could pull it up right now. I've got it all. It's called like IP or something, but I've got all my cycles and I, I, you could totally see the whole transition, the menopausal transition in there. And then now, like, I've, I have the Aura Ring. It tracks te- temperature. And so I really, really know whenever I've ovulated and whenever I haven't. And so in the past, like, since June of last year, almost 12 months, um, I've, I've had four anovulatory cycles. And so I'm trying to do everything now to balance out all of my hormones because I always joke and say, I want to ovulate until my last egg is gone. <laughs> so I'm doing everything with cycle syncing now, like so my workouts and my um, intermittent fasting. And so what I've learned from everybody, once you get into this biohacking space, uh, you just, oh my goodness, like I follow so many people now. There is a lot out there, but I loved, I know you love her too, Dr. Anna Kabeca. Love her. She's just right up the highway from me too. I wish she was still practicing because she would, I would definitely try to <laughs> try to be part of her practice, be one of her patients, but she's not anymore. But yeah, so any anything that she does, I follow her on Instagram. I listen to every single one of her podcast episodes. And so she's really great about talking about cycle syncing. And then she's also promotes intermittent fasting. And so now to answer your question, I still fast intuitively, I would say I don't have like hard and fast, but I would say on average, I'm probably between I'll either be a 16, eight or an 18, six. But during my the second half of my luteal phase, I noticed that I'm way hungrier, like the week before my period. And so I will just, I just eat intuitively, but I know that I never, I do listen to my body. And I tell that to everybody in my workout group. I tell that to, to all of the women that I know, just listen to your body that are trying intermittent fasting. It shouldn't be hard. Like it might be hard whenever you're just learning how to do it. And when, before you're metabolically flexible, but once you've tweaked it until it's easy, then it shouldn't be hard after that. And so don't ever struggle, just listen to your body because If you're not cycle-seeking, there's a reason, yeah. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus from your brain to your body. C4 Smart Energy does it all and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, 
the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Somebody today, right before I, I, start, I got on here with you, someone in the community started talking about ADF and she said she'd had a you know, a successful 40-hour fast, but she'd been struggling with it more lately. Like all of a sudden she was having a hard time with the 40-hour, with a longer fast. And I'm like, let's talk about why. Let's figure out, you know, are you refeeding sufficiently after the longer fast? You know, are you restricting too much? Because you really want to listen to your body. If, if fasting starts to get harder, you got to dig into what's going on and 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 what that's trying to tell you. So what's been helpful for me is just tracking my cycle. And it really, it's it's very interesting how I know the week before my period, I'm going to be super hungry. And so I always try to at least fast at least 12 hours. It's usually, I feel best if I fast at least 14, at least 14. If I start eating before that 14 hour mark, then it, it like if I eat, too big of a, in too big of a window, then I just start to feel sick and bloated, and no matter what I eat. So you're you're listening to your body again. No, you're not letting someone tell you exactly how long your fast should or shouldn't be. You're letting your body guide you. There's a train of thought out there that you should not fast at certain times of the month, and I I don't agree with that uh, philosophy. Even though some people I think that are very smart and awesome may say those things, but I think that again, you can listen to your body and. You know, you feel better when you get 14 hours in versus when you don't. And you really can listen to your body. For me, I only needed like one day a month of eating more. Like I just, that was it. That, But I mean, who knows? I was already, who knows what my hormones were doing at the time and everything was already starting to get wonky by then. But it was always one day. And I, that would always be my clue that my period was getting ready to start because everything was was irregular because I was going going through perimenopause. But I would have one day where I was starving and I'm like, why am I so hungry today? And the next day, bam, every time. So then I was like, why do I, every time that happens, I say, why am I so hungry? But then it might be like two months before, you know, I would have another cycle. But why am I so hungry? Bam, there it was every time. And with me, I know too, also, it's dependent on how much I'm working out. Now, like uh, different programs um, require just more fuel. Like right now, I'm in a program that's uh, three days a week, heavy strength training, and then two, two days a week of stretching. And so I don't require as much fuel right now in the program that I'm in. So, but I've just become so in tune with my body. Another thing that I love so much about fasting is that I've become so in tune with my body on so many different levels that I didn't realize I needed to become in tune with. And, and so I just feel so much better now. That's just amazing. The fact that it has brought you in tune with your body, I think is really the best part because so many of us, so you haven't been down that dieting path like so many of us did, but dieting taught us to not be in tune with our bodies more than anything. That's what that's what we you know learned. So <laughs> being able to reconnect is powerful. It is so empowering now to be able to say, I'm not hungry, so I'm not going to eat. Whereas before... Not that I was that much of an overeater, but I would just eat just because food was there, or because my husband was eating, or because my kids were eating. And now I can say, no, I'm not hungry, so I'm not going to eat, because <laughs> I know it'll make me feel bad now. 
and it's okay. You don't have to eat just because everybody else is eating. And I love that too. I love the support that I have from my family, my husband and my kids and my friends and uh, my parents. Everybody is just, and I think that had they not seen the change in me, they might've been worried, but just seeing just the change in my mood, like the lift in my mood, it's just like, oh, she loves this. You can't argue with that, with how great that you feel. And how many people would you say that you've gotten started with intermittent fasting? I couldn't even tell you. Like in, in just in my workout community alone, so in my family, my husband started and he's one of those people that, oh my goodness, like within what, two weeks, he dropped like 10 pounds that he didn't even know that he needed <laughs> to lose because he's already thin. He's very muscular, but he's also just been his, he's always been thin. And so he couldn't believe how much weight he had dropped and just how much better he started to feel. So he started probably, I think it was a month after I started. And so he's stuck with it. My sister and her friend tried it for a little bit and they just... They they couldn't stick with it. I get it. That's my sister too. But my brother does it. Woo! But I'll tell you what it is. is they, they haven't done the clean fast yet. My sister won't do it either. She's like, it's just a little milk and sugar. I'm like, stop it. Come on now. Stop it. If anybody knows her, don't tell her that I said that. But she's like, well, I just want to eat. I'm like, it's because of the milk and the sugar. Come on now. Anyway. Yeah. I, and I really do. Like, I wish, just try it for a week. Just try it for a week. And yeah, just try it. She's like, no, I really, it doesn't make it, it doesn't matter. I'm like, it does matter. Come on now. I have a New York Times bestseller. Listen to me. You know how siblings are. You're my sister. Stop it. I'm telling. Oh, you know, anyway, no. So I've got my husband to start. And then my best friend, she does it now. And then just the biggest hit has been in my uh, hit burn community. Oh my goodness. So there were, it started off with two ladies, uh, one in Canada and another in, in Alabama. And uh, so they started it. And then once we started all posting our pictures and our progress, then everybody was just like, okay, you have to read Fast Feast Repeat. And so, yeah, it was just awesome. So now I, I don't know how many people were up to in the Hitburn community. A lot. I, I would say over 20. And they were all wishing me luck today on, on, on today's read. Yay! Everybody, Jen says hello. They'll all be excited about that. It's just been an amazing journey for me and for everybody else. And that's another thing, too, is that all of our journeys have been so different. But the community, uh, there are a few of my people in the Hitmer community that have joined the Delay Don't Deny community. And so I, I, just, I found out about one today. And so that's been the biggest thing. It's just the community. It has been so wonderful. Yeah. It changes everything. We are almost out of time and I'm really sad. It does go by so fast. So, um, and by the way, I just got two emails from my realtor. I think we might have two offers coming in. I'm like trying not to look at my phone. I'm trying not to look at my phone, but it's like from my realtor. So anyway, <laughs> but we are almost out of time. Anyway, we'll see. Fingers crossed. And since we our other offer went bad, so we'll see. So what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So I would say the first thing is read fast, feast, repeat. For sure. That's always been my go-to resource. And I've read it a ton, but still Fast Feast Repeat is my favorite. Just because it is the most all-encompassing. 
You did such a wonderful job. Well, thank you. I set out, I said, I want to write the book that people are reading in 10 years when they want to know about intermittent fasting. That was my whole goal. That was my intention. And I wanted it to stand the test of time. So I hope that I did that. And what I love about it is that it's it's the way that it's broken up into here's the science and then here's if you want to just get started, go ahead and get started. And I didn't want it to be like hyped up and trendy and like over promise and under deliver. I wanted it to be realistic as well. So Very realistic and very factual. And then also you just have a, a way with words. And so absolutely love that. Um, you're That's the first thing. Another thing is I, I love tweak it till it's easy. I love that. And so um, because I know that for a lot of people, it's not going to be as easy as it was for them as it is for me. I think personality has so much to do with it as well. And so don't give up. Just try different windows. And if you need to start off slowly, you don't have to be a rip off the Band-Aid type person like me. You can you start off with a 12-hour window and then just gradually extend or shorten your eating window. Extend the fast, shorten the eating window. Exactly. You don't have to rip off the Band-Aid. And again, the 28-day fast start is just a suggestion. You can have a 54-day fast start or whatever. You're not going to mess up unless you're not fast and clean. Fast clean. As long as you're fast and clean, it's totally your journey to design. And know that it's a it's a lifestyle and not a diet. That it's not one of these short-term things. If you think of it, if you go into it thinking of it as a lifestyle, then you have the rest of your life to tweak it until it's easy. Exactly. And if it's not easy, it's time to tweak something. It might be food choices. People don't like to hear that. They're like, but Jen, you promised me I could eat whatever I want. But yeah, but if you don't feel good, then how's that? That's not what you want. Well, Liz, thank you so much for sharing your story today. And it has been such a pleasure to to meet you face to face. I know. Oh, hopefully we'll get to meet on a cruise sometime. (laughs) Well, you're going to do something. When we move to the beach, I'm going to have some events at the beach. Yay, that sounds great. Awesome. Well, I look forward to that. Bye. Bye. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast, American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. 
and you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.